Happy Jack's RPG podcast, a roundtable discussion that's a mix of friendship, humor, unbridled enthusiasm, and tabletop RPG topics sent in from around the world. Hello, and welcome to Season 31, Episode 24 of the Happy Jack's RPG podcast. My name is Kimmy. I'm Clara. And in today's episode, Eric from New Jersey asks about how to handle mixed species PCs. Very topical, but just it was sent in a while ago, I'm just going to say. Ben from Texas talks about GM plot tropes. And Matt King Christopher asks how we got here. If you'd like to contribute a question or a story to the show, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. Announcements. Season 31 is coming to a close. There's only one more episode after this one, and we'll be taking a two-week break with the first episode of season 32 coming in the first week of May. So stay tuned for that. Check out happyjacks.org slash schedule for any changes and updates. As far as I know right now, we're going to stay live recording on Fridays, but I'm going to do a poll and see. Every once in a while, people like to switch it up a little bit and get their Friday nights back. And then we'll try it for a couple of weeks and everyone hates it. So then we switch it back immediately. <laughs> wait, wait, you mean like we'd be pre-recording or like oh, no, no, we, we do, do a different day? We do a different day. Okay, I'm sitting here like, we could pre-record these. I mean, we could, but no. No. That, that requires like work Ooh, and stuff. No. And then we'd have no excuse not to edit it. Yeah, it would ruin our like candid nature. Our candid <laughs> nature. <laughs> Spoilers, we do actually have an editor if you listen to the podcast version. Oh, well, never Thanks, mind. German, you're great. We love you. Magic's ruined. Yeah. Anyway, we do not have an indie designer of this month because we are only recording for part of this month and we didn't want to have someone, you know, only have part of a month for their indie designer month. So we'll start next month with amazing indie designer. So stay tuned for that. All right. I was going to say, our indie designer is you. You should make a game and then become an indie designer and join the glamorous money-filled world of independent game design. Yeah, you can't even keep a straight face. I'm know. sorry. The energy in the studio is me, and it's a, it's unfortunate for everyone. You and me, and just like, I'm just so exhausted right now by indie game design that I'm like, I should laugh at that, and I'm just so tired. You know, when you like make a joke, but it's too real. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. I'm like starting to plan going to my first like in person con to sell stuff at like a booth, and there's just so much stuff to think about with it, and like it's just it's a lot. It's a I, lot. You need do you need a booth, babe? I mean, that would be amazing. <laughs> just singular. That's it. Golden Lasso Games only ever like booth by amazing hot booth babes. Yeah. In cosplay. That's yeah. the, that'll be my shtick. Well, no, it's just like, I'll get like get Happy Jack's crew in booth babe outfits. But it's like, like I said earlier, it's like, it's like Kadave. Kadave like, would do it. He would do it. I love that for, I love that for him unironically. Yeah. I have enough cosplay to share with everybody. Yeah. I feel like I'd owe everyone a lot of beer and pizza though. <laughs> like, like so much. We'll do a Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. Kickstarter for beer and pizza so people can sell my games. It's like <laughs> the strangest, weird niche Kickstarter ever. Don't not to make the games or just, to make a booth, just to get my friends to sell them. Just to sell it. Oh okay. man. <laughs> now that the energy is the way it is, do you want to do the first one? Yeah. No, you should read because okay, I've been gonna... talking for a while. <laughs> All right. Mailbag number one. 
Greetings, Jackers. It is I, Eric from New Jersey, answering the call for new emails. First, though, and a suggested war Erica Odd suggested. There should be between the various Ericas and the Kurtz. I declare war. Let us have, I feel like I have just been duped into declaring war. Yes. So on the Discord, we have many Erics and Ericas, and they have declared war on the Kurtz, spelled with a C or with a K, because there's many Kurtz as well. And there's uh, evidently a, a war going on. You know what? I, I will watch it happen from the side. <laughs> I declare neutrality in the Eric, ver- Eric versus Kurt war. I summon the leader of the secret society of Nefs, to which all Erics and Ericas belong to, to come forth and write a letter to Happy Jacks. Come, Viscount Eric, and lead us into battle. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> I love our community so They're much. They're so wild. It's so fun. And we've had a bunch of people joining lately, I think, because, like, I've remembered to plug it and also, like, tweet and toot about it because Mastodon's awesome. It's one of those things where it's like, God, it turns out when you tell people you're doing stuff, they actually acknowledge you're doing it, which is crazy. Yeah. You know what? Honestly, like, the best thing, though, is, like, we have an awesome mod team there and none of us ever have to do any work. There's, like, 700 people there and they're all just really fucking chill. In fairness, because I... I'm in a couple, I'm, I'm on, on like the Queen's Court server as well. Mm-hmm. I feel very much like I'm an outdoor cat in both where I just like walk by, like you hey. you like shake the like at, the, you know, like at Clearly Golden, the like walk and I'm like, hello, yes. Someone said my name. <laughs> exactly. And you like respond and then you're like, yeah, again. like I'm going to go again. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> yeah. to my other house. The answer is I don't go to either house. No. I am on Tumblr. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> the actual <laughs> Oh, my God. Now, as for what I grew up calling different races, I believe it was Adam who more correctly called them different species. My question then was, what about mixed species then? For example, the genre standards of half-elves and half-orcs. I started thinking of the idea of different species and how they would not be able to mate. Then I started thinking, if I wanted to use half-races, how would I resolve this? I could think of a few ways. One, eliminate the half-races. They're ridiculous and should not be part of a fantasy campaign. Two, go crazy and go the complete opposite way. Make it where species can interact, where species can interact that way. But for example, someone could play someone who is half dwarf and half goblin if they really wanted to. Three, say it's magic. Personally, I don't like this option because it's lazy just to hand wave something that is core to character creation. And at least for me, if you want to hand wave and your players are cool with it, knock yourself out. Four, thirteenth age has an interesting solution. Half elves and half orcs are a misnomer. They are species unto themselves, created by the gods to help foster an understanding between the races they represent. I figure if it works for the other races, just mistaking them for a mixture of the two races. I figure it works with the other races, just mistaking them for a mixture of the two. Much like the Pennsylvania Dutch and actually German. (laughs) It's a very specific call out. So specific. (laughs) So how do you handle the headspace of such half species, if anything? As always, stay tipsy, stay diverse, and stay happy, you jackers. Mugs held high. Eric from New Jersey. P.S. Kimmy, I struggled deciding to write this P.S. because I am the last person you need any sort of validation from. Oh, no. And I didn't want it to come across that way. You are doing a fantastic job with Happy Jacks. It brings me great joy and gives me a place to call home outside of the LARP and my actual family. For that, I thank you. Also, yay for a LARPer. Thank you, Eric. And also, I feel very weird having, like, declared war and also complimented Kimmy. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't read all the way to the end. I don't always read the PSs because it's, like, Mm -hmm. a nice surprise. And then it's always awkward when it's like, oh, it's about me. Oh, okay. Thank you. I'm awesome. Next time people write in, I'm not always on this show, but you should compliment (laughs) me. I will turn into a shriveled husk and die because I am a reverse fairy. (laughs) And if you applaud me or perceive me, 
I will die. <laughs> I do actually have like strong opinions on this because... I specifically save this email because I... You can explain why. Yeah, well, I mean, for our listeners, <laughs> because it's less obvious if you're just listening, I am also a mixed breed, which I can say that. Because yes, I, you can say that. <laughs> mixed race. No, it's so funny because like, and I had told Kimmy this earlier, and I tell this a lot, actually, when I started playing D&D with 3.5, the person who wrote the half-elf like thing, uh, description, had to have been mis- mixed race or at least like knew a person who was very open about it just because the description of half-elves is so on the nose for a lot of like my experience, a lot of the experience of a lot of my friends who are also mixed race where it's very like, you're never quite enough of one thing to be with them and never quite enough of the other. And like you walk into a space and like people clock you and they don't always clock you correctly, but they do. They're like, that ain't me. I don't know what it is, but it's not me. Yeah. So like there is this very re and that's why I'm a bard. <laughs> it's like my stats just worked out that way. Yeah. But it just felt felt really accurate to my experience, even the age that I was when I started playing D&D with 3.5. So, what did that feel like, like when you were first getting into it, reading the book, like, and seeing that? Truly, like, it's one of those things where, like, being, it's not represented in a lot of media. Mm-hmm. And with D&D being, or tabletops being the kind of things that you can insert yourself into and kind of tell your own stories, it really was the first time I'd been given the chance to tell a story about someone who was like me, even if it was me doing it, but also, like, the narrative supported it for me or like what's it called the world and the rules and all of that supported what I who I was Mm -hmm. which has been really wonderful for me and then in like 2020 when it was a novel pandemic (laughs) when the pandemic was novel (laughs) yeah three years ago I remember it had come up again like oh well racism D&D are uh, racist etc etc and I went looking for how other people were handling it, and Pathfinder 2E does an amazing job. And they did, they now do cultures and heritage. Yeah. So, like, which I actually verbally is a lot more, like, buzzword-wise, I don't know the word I'm looking for there, is more accurate to my, to, like, how I think I would explain these things. Like, mm-hmm. my heritage is Southeast Asian. My culture is Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> It's like Jewish girl from like Southern California. Yeah. So like, yeah, I do have these like parts of me that are like, I did not get to opt in to almost any of this, but like the stuff that like my culture kind of, I was able to put myself further into certain cultures or whatever, like how I was raised. And like most people I've spoken to who are mixed race have that kind of vibe, have that, they're like, yeah, I'm not like, because they're not, we're not just Asian Mm -hmm. because our experience of being Asian is colored by the fact that we are also white or whatever your other half is or other mix is. So in gaming, like, I think it's very untrue. First of all, I know too many monster fuckers to say that half orcs aren't a thing. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Also, if you look up... We're not shaming you. We see you. No, We appreciate you. Listen, this is a half orc nose. Read Tolkien. Um, (laughs) Oh. I listen, it's true. It's a thing. It's a thing. I I'm laughing because if I stop laughing, I'll cry. But like the saying that like you can't have like a mixed I guess species is hard too for me in this context because they are super definitely different species. Yes. I think there's a middle ground between two of these solutions where it's like, call it magic. No, call it magic. Be like, there's a if you can 
consent, you can make a child, I think is the magic of it, right? Like do a like hand wave it. That's just the weird physics of your universe. If if you're sapient, it can happen because I think that makes it so that you can have the stories of people like in later editions, I hate using D&D again, but it's the big one. Yeah. Well, and it's also really topical right now because they've been talking about like doing away with half races, half species in the rule books because they have been tweeting, at least as their like PR, I don't know, (laughs) I can't speak specifically to specific people, Wizards of the Coast, but they've been saying how it's like a racist idea is like, which is like, again, like acknowledging that Twitter is, has zero (laughs) nuance. Yeah. That's like a very strong thing to just like start putting out into the world. Yeah. And I think what they were trying, like, I'm not going to be a D&D apologist in Happy Jacks, full stop. I will get removed. What? No, you will uh, not be removed. That's what happened to Stu. I'll just start biting. Yeah. Yeah, that's that so no scary. one's going to believe that bullshit. No one will believe that. <laughs> of the things that we, that of the lies I'm going to tell about what happened to Stu, that is that not is the believable not the one. accurate one. GURPS apologist, yes. GURPS apologist, which, okay. oh, I have a story about that so, for you. Okay. Here. But no, the... Nothing to see here. Nothing to see. The idea of like a pure whole elf, it's hard because it doesn't make sense. Like, it does feel bad, but I think the loaded language of we're doing away, away with half elves is like, no, I think what they're doing is they're just moving to like a, ver- a play style or like a rule set that allows you to be more diverse and be more accurate because bad joke and you can see if you can follow my bad joke, but I could make a half tiefling and I'd be very excited for it. <laughs> I love tieflings. And that's the thing is like in 5e, they even like tieflings became kind of the new half elves where mm-hmm. they are A, the charisma forward race, mm-hmm. crazy. And B, like have that choice of bisexuals everywhere. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they have this like vibe of being like a little shunned because of their heritage. So I like clearly there are stories to tell in those spaces. And I see a lot of really beautiful stories that are told in those spaces. And removing them entirely is sort of like is disingenuous to experience. Yeah. Also, like, I love and support all of my well-meaning ally friends who are like, it's racist to say that. I'm like, yeah, it is. But also, like, it's true. Like, it, it's a conversation yeah. that has a lot of nuance. Mm-hmm. And, and like, doesn't have And Twitter that. has zero. Yeah. yeah. You can't fit that many characters in. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, like, I love the impetus to be like, it's bad to be, to talk, to, like, focus on this part. But also, my racial background means I also can't digest lactose. So obviously there's a nerf to something <laughs> within my heritage. <laughs> it, it would be disingenuous to not allow me to play a half elf or whatever. I don't know what what D and D racist can't. D and D racist turns red when they drink. <laughs> I mean, like I feel like if you're a tiefling, you could be red all the time. That's true. <laughs> Tieflings don't get Asian glow. Good to know. <laughs> Just in my whatever glow they have for anything. Yeah. Purple. But yeah, that's my like little yeah. soapbox on it. And For like sure. I'm I'm glad that like it's a conversation that's being talked about. Like, is that is that a thing? Like, that's also my last little thing. My heritage is like the least interesting part about me, I think. <laughs> so like my heritage, my sexuality, great, cool to have, but truly if that's like the reason that I'm in places sometimes, I'm like, you are missing out on a lot of weird shit otherwise. <laughs> so like I'm glad to represent all of the people who look like me or people with my experience, but I don't know that they also want me to represent them as my weird TTRPG mermaid self sometimes. Uh, I think that's an amazing just <laughs> bag of things to be for you. I just, 
And since I share a lot of them, I'm not like an unbiased. I'm like, I was going to say, like, we met, we're, like, yeah. we're, I replaced Kimmy. I kicked Kimmy out of our band. Yeah. <laughs> That's not true at all. I left and they cast. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually what happened. But and then everyone thought it was you. I know. And then when you can't make it to shows, they ask me to stay, <laughs> which happened like two weeks ago. I guess it was longer ago. Like whenever St. Patrick's Day was, which is like a month ago. But yeah, I'm, I'm wish Kimmy. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm old Clara. So, <laughs> oh, no. so anyway, this uh, meeting of the Mutual Admiration Society has to end. So what I know you were talking about Tolkien, but the One Ring that from Free League Publishing actually has a really cool way of doing this because obviously Tolkien has a lot of races and things in there, but they've actually, you can choose your species basically, but your background really has a lot more to do with it. And the kind of it's their their equivalent of profession has a lot more to do with what your character can end up doing in the long run which is really amazing so you can make like a barding treasure hunter and have more in common with a dwarven treasure hunter than with a barding who's maybe in another profession okay what is a barding i have to know now so so the town outside if you read the hobbit or watch the hobbit wait like the water town? the water town there yeah outside it was so bard saved them so they became bardings it's like the town they all kind of took his oh, name he became okay, okay okay he became king bard i uh, was like there's just a race of they're humans yeah. in <laughs> in tolkien no they're human they're humans. okay fine they're, they're not quite all right no no offense about that bardings are very cool but bardings are cool things are cool <laughs> no i get it yeah so i really love like that kind of piece to it because that would have a lot to do with what you could do no matter what like your physical build is. And I mean, to be fair, it's a little bit easier in Tolkien because while they have different species, they're all kind of on the same playing field. It's a low magic fantasy world. So it's like, okay, I know Legolas in the movies like surfs, Oliphant trunks and stuff. Yeah. A lot of that's like fanfic a little bit. Like they can do very cool things in the actual stories too, but it's slow <laughs> magic in that world. It's very chill, very chill laid back music. Yeah. <laughs> I think so, but you know. So I think that's the approach I like best with all of it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's great to have people be able to explore like mixings of cultures and things like that, even if it is like hypothetical cultures. And I think that's the magic of being able to play like a half or a mixed or whatever you want to call it race person is this like, is that you get to have the hilarious, sometimes hilarious, sometimes just like really fun and interesting conversations about like, well, that's just not how we do it. I did not know what a potato masher was until I was in college. <laughs> Truly had no idea it was a real Thing. implement that one used in a kitchen because mm -hmm. it just wasn't something I grew up with. And like that, it's little things like that that I think are super interesting and important to telling like stories about a party of, of strangers who become friends, which is what most TTRPGs are. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. There's actually a really cool thing happening in, again, to... I'm just obsessed with my One Ring campaign. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to bring it up. But as someone who really loves like Elvish lore, Dave is playing a dwarf. Dave started the game. Of course he is. I mean, yeah. come on. What, is the, what else is Dave going to play? But Dave himself, as a player, doesn't know anything about Elvish lore. So it's been really amazing to like see him. I mean, and it, it happens in the stories too. Is like, oh, the elf and the dwarf become friends. Yeah. And, but one of the things is by touching magic objects, Dave got this vision of like some amazing things in Elvish history that even a lot of the living elves, the old ones, have never seen. So he has like living memories of things from ages past that most of the elves in Middle Earth would like kill to have memories of like. So it's a very 
fun, like, twist on it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been one of the most interesting things in that campaign is, like, having that exploration of learning different things about each other. And sometimes learning things about your own culture from someone else because it's through, like, a different lens. Yeah, contextualizing it's really cool, I think. And, like, it's sort of like every culture invents a pancake or, like, what is it, a, a pancake and an egg roll? Mm-hmm. Or not an egg roll, a dumpling. Yes. And it's that, like, oh, you can kind of contextualize. I, I don't know. I think there's a great, I'm going to pants myself after this. Like, or <laughs> I'll shove myself into a locker. But, like, Godel Escherbach, which is this terribly dense, terribly absurdly awful book that I really like. It's written by a programmer, and he talked, I think he's a programmer. Now I don't know. But he talks a lot about, he likes to talk about things like context and stuff when speaking mm-hmm. to, when trying to teach other people things, like concepts like abstract math. Yeah. And he has a wonderful lecture about working with the Blackfoot Nation and teaching programming to them and how all of the metaphors they were using were wrong. or Not wrong, but they weren't landing. Yeah. And like he was talking, he ended up speaking with the students and being like, oh, my students have context and experiences that I can use to help teach them in a, a way that actually will get through to them. Yeah. And so, yeah, being able to say, to like sit with, like in a game and be like, oh, so that's just like, so you play this game that's sort of like our game, but mm-hmm. it, I think it creates these more interesting stories. Absolutely. And also like my last like little soapboxy thing is like, if you're going to play, if you are not mixed race or whatever, and you want to play a mixed race character in a game, that shouldn't stop you. But you should, I feel like, know, you should acknowledge why you want to do that. If it's just for, for points, like if there's a stats thing, like, I get it. Go for it. <laughs> but like, it, there is this sort of question of like, are you doing this because of the stats? Or do you want to explore what it's like to be, to straddle worlds or to straddle cultures in a way that you haven't before or be a fish out of water? Because mm-hmm. I think people kind of ignore that in certain Again, D&D contexts where it's like, I'm a half-elf and no one makes... Like, the D&D movie doesn't talk about races really except briefly Mm -hmm. with the tiefling. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, like, that's a big part of it. And a lot of people do that and take it for the stats, but then don't acknowledge that part of it. And in some cases, with some players, it might be better. (laughs) You don't want them going anywhere near anything that's sensitive that way. But, yeah, you know, that that sort of min-maxing strategy. But... There's definitely some care that has to be taken if you're, you know, if you're doing kind of like... Yeah, and not everyone's <laughs> playing the game to talk about the intricate complexities of, like, the fact that they created a flapjack while someone else <laughs> made a pancake. Like, that's not... Like, like you just... It has nothing to do with killing a dragon. No. But, like... It's very relevant to Happy Jack's games. <laughs> it's weirdly relevant to our games. <laughs> we do a lot of talking about food and, like, things. Because it's because food is, like, the main cultural thing, like, I think yeah. we all export. Yeah. And so like, but yeah, it's it, like, if you're it, like, I mean, it is worth doing and is worth talking about is how does your world handle, like, even like, how does this village handle outsiders? Mm-hmm. And outsiders doesn't even have to be someone who doesn't look like you. Yeah. Could literally be someone who just isn't from around here. Yeah. And like, it is, it's like, I mean, obviously talk to your players about it. It is something that does not come up every day for me, but it does come up enough, especially recently. It does come up enough that it is worth having to it does change how i walk through the world and definitely make sure you have safety tools in place oh my god that happening because especially because it even if the player who's choosing to do that isn't uncomfortable it's very 
possible that other people at the table by, might be uncomfortable, yeah. especially if they are mixed race. So make sure you're checking in with with players and making sure that they're all comfortable with exploring storylines like that. Because it might be something that if it's someone's lived experience, they don't want someone else being a tourist in it. That can be yeah. a painful <laughs> and very well, uncomfortable experience. Yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it has happened and I'm like, mm, yeah, crazy. Yeah. But yeah, but if you were playing a, the Happy Jacks drinking game, we have discussed safety tools. I had a soapbox <laughs> conversation about being marginalized and I'm sure I swore multiple times. I so. did. I, I definitely yeah. did. Woohoo! All right, I'm opening my second drink. And that's mailbox bag number one. Mailbag also, number one. Oh, I did want to add to like idioms that are metaphors. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I teach at a school that has a very high English language learner population. And unlike most of Southern California, it's very high like Russian and Ooh. Eastern Bloc and Armenian and things like that. So I, I almost never get any Spanish speakers, even though about usually around two thirds of my class speaks another language and about half of them are like categorized as Eng- learning, still learning English. But it's it's amazing things that you think, like every year I have to teach idioms and it's it, that's like part of the fourth grade curriculum. And it's always super interesting. Some of them know certain ones, some of them don't. They can tell me ones that I have never heard. And like, sometimes I'll be like, oh yeah, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket is one of the ones I always use as an example. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, some of them are baffled and things like that. Cause like, especially now in this day and age, most of the, they're like nine. Most of them have never used a basket for anything in their lives. Yeah. That's new. <laughs> I was like, hold on, wait, is the confusion that they're nine and they've yeah. never like <laughs> things like that. And sometimes it's like, oh, it's a piece of cake. They're like, that makes no sense to a lot of people. I'm thinking about it now, and I also don't know why. Right? <laughs> why does that mean easy? It, yeah, it's it's enjoyable, and like oh. just you can just eat it, and it's just like there's no hard part about it. You just like the whole thing's nice, right. and but it's like it's very interesting to like like explain things to people. So one of the best things, no matter what, if you're doing mixed race or mixed species or whatever, or if you're just doing, come up with really fun, weird idioms yes. for your characters. Yes. <laughs> Like elves, if you live in like, if you're from like an elvish village that has like all trees around it and something like that, it's come up with idioms about like how plentiful bark is. Yeah. And just like say them all the time. Like falling out a tree. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I would be, I, I think that's super important. Mm-hmm. Also nicknames. Nicknames are one of those things yeah. where like everyone on my mom's side of the family is named after an animal or a piece of food. And everyone on my dad's side of the family is, named, is just a shortened version of their name. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that's the way nicknames work cross-culturally. Yeah. Yeah. No, crazy. Yeah. For my dad's side of the family, because my dad's like from the South, it's always like your first name and like your middle initial. Mm. Like I'm Kimmy D. Like to my whole family. <laughs> and like, yeah. and Or or it's like something that just randomly rhymes. Mm, yeah, like, that's common. Yeah. yeah like, I've, countless times I've been Clara Barra. Yeah. My yeah. sister's Shelly Belly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's so <laughs> funny. Yeah. It's so strange. but. Yeah, those are fun things to do no matter kind of like what culture you're from. Yes, in, and in game. if you are a half Kurt and a, or a half Erica, which someone, <laughs> someone has asked about, yeah. if you are a half Kurt or a half Afri- uh, Erica, enjoy being asked what side of the Kurt-Erica war you're on. Yeah. And I look forward to the riveting fiction that is written about your struggle. Yeah. And I hope that we will give you a Happy Jack scholarship. <laughs> to, to beer? At what? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the Happy Duck Scholarship to your local liquor store. Yeah, or, to, or, to staying in the Discord. <laughs> that is great. Ta-da. 
Yeah. So, and if you are a Kurt or an Erica who is not currently on the Discord, you better go join your people because yeah. there's evidently a war happening. Very active. <laughs> in it. All right. Moving on. <laughs> Mailbag number two. Dearest of douchebags. In a recent email, you asked about what tropes we often find ourselves falling back on as game masters. Stork mentioned, this is an old email, <laughs> Stork mentioned that his, that his fallback trope was to have the party fighting to prevent a summoning ritual. That's not too surprising, of course. One common GM tip for making combat more interesting is to give the players a ticking clock instead of just bashing the big bad until they run out of point, hit points. That might mean a bomb is about to go off or the planet-destroying space station is about to complete its final sequence or an elder god is being invited into the faculty lounge of Miskatonic University. That's a GURPS reference. Which one? Miskatonic University? Oh, girl. Is it not? No, that's a Call of Cthulhu reference. No, I know, but oh, okay. like there's a whole GURPS, but never mind. I'm... <laughs> I love you. You're fine. Do not perceive It's me. all... <laughs> I'm clapping. I'm clapping. <laughs> so... Yeah, no, that's a that's a reference for pretty much anything that's like Cthulhu kind of. I hate saying Lovecraftian because there's like a whole bunch of authors who all wrote that, and most of them are not as big dick bags as he is. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of like the the point of it. Anyway, but yeah, but I feel like on our show, you're like when when you hear about it, you think of Stu. It's ninety percent of groups reference. Yeah. I, I will show you the book. No, not for sure. No, I know. <laughs> I keep uh, it's okay. Like we can stay on topic. <laughs> You've been on the show. <laughs> I think we've all had the been there many times and rarely regretted it. One of the ways I've tried to mix things up is to avoid a result in which the insert plot device here is stopped and then nothing happens. One of my D&D games, the players fought some necromancers to prevent a friendly NPC from being sacrificed so that their soul could be used to animate a war golem. The ritual was interrupted when the necromancers were killed, but the NPCs still found their souls trapped in a cold metal body, albeit with their free will intact. Later, in the campaign finale, the big boss necromancer was summoning death herself so that he could kill death and take her place. The ritual succeeded, but not before the heroes bloodied the boss necromancer enough that he was dragged down into the abyss alongside death. That left the party with the question of who would fill that vacuum and become death or whether they would face a new world without her. Email, act number two. My GM trope is making darkness come alive as a physical threat. Heroes find themselves surrounded by darkness. Guess what? Being afraid of the dark is eminently justified. In my current Monster of the Week campaign, the players found their way to blocked by an impossible darkness that they then tried to rescue an ally from a mind player's dungeon. It turned out that an outsider demon was trapped in the same dungeon. The demon took the form of a small child with long, dark hair that fell into an inky blackness, spread into all of the rooms and corridors of the dungeon. The darkness was impassable until the demon child could be exercised or killed. Sorry, I just turned the page, so it was very dramatic. (laughs) Also, earlier in that campaign, while they were sneaking through the steam tunnels of the university, I decided that they were being stalked by a group to keep it tense, like one does. Unnecessary explanation. <clears throat> the Gru is best known from the video game Zork Text Adventure from 1977. If the player strayed too far in the dark area, they would receive a warning. It is pitch black. You were likely to be eaten by a Gru. Sorry, that was my know-it-all voice. Yours in douchiness, Ben from Texas. P.S. Take a drink. Woo. P.P.S. No, an alcoholic beverage for fuck's sake. I'm oh, sorry, FFS. Unless a particular host is disinclined, of course. 
Well, I have enough for both of us. It's fine. I was going to say, you live here. I, I live Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to drive. I have to drive. Yeah. PPPS. Yes, I put mind flares in my Monster of the Week campaign, and I am not ashamed of myself. Consider me to be shameless if it pleases you. I'm drinking again. All right. Hell yeah. Oh, All God, right. what's your, what's your trope. GM trope? Oh, gosh. <laughs> now you'd be, like, self-reflective. Yeah. I feel like my GM trope is, like, <laughs> the moral quandary that, like, doesn't have an easy answer. I feel like I put myself in that place of, like, well, like, there's not a one, like, nobody's evil here. It's two people who both want different things, and you have to make a hard choice. Just because I don't get enough of, like, leading young minds in, like, my daily life, so I just have to force it on my friends, too, in the evenings to, like, be good people. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're like, that's fully valid. I'm like, yeah, that, isn't that just gaming? Like, no. wait, no, is that not? Okay. No, yeah. But, like, yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's just too easy if they're like, oh, they're casting a thing and you have to stop them. It's like, well, of course that's what they're going to do. I do want to like graduate. I mean, like, uh, I'm trying to think of like what my GM trope is. And the answer is like, I've never like, I'm not on happy. Like I'm not recorded GMing enough to like play back the tape and be like, use that plot already. Yeah. I think I know for a long time, my GM trope was necromancer in a tower. Don't ask why. I just love necromancers. Mm -hmm. Easy bad guys. Necromancy, easy bad. Yeah. I have a lot of player tropes, but I'm also like plot trope. I, oh, actually, I'm going to call myself out. And now I feel bad about this because of some stuff we're talking about for future Happy Jack stuff. <laughs> my nice. bad guys, like my not even bad guys, just problem people are always are trying to solve really petty problems mm -hmm. with magic in a way that it's like, this is the dumbest use of magic I've ever seen you use. <laughs> where it's like, the one I did for uh, Jason, uh, for It's Probably Okay, uh, mm -hmm. Jason's channel, involved like the a, a Monster of the Week I run a lot. And also, if you are listening to this now and you ever want to be in a con game with me, do not listen to me right now. Like, <laughs> like skip ahead. Yeah. Uh, if we're edited, someone will tell you what time to skip ahead to. No. Where it's like the bad guy is, it's, a, it's on a film set and the bad guy is, bad guy is the office PA just trying to become a writer's PA. <laughs> yeah. Like, the goal is low. <laughs> and I, I don't know why I really like that, where it's like, you have infinite power and your dream, and like, you're not using it to become like a world, like, ruler of the world. You just like want a slightly warmer, like, I don't yeah. need it to be, I don't want to melt the ice caps. I just need it to be 90s. I just need it to be 79 degrees. At all like, times in my, in my at town. all times in my town. <laughs> and you're like, okay, well, also, the bad guy often has a basic bitch voice because I can't do enough voices. So oh, both of these work really well for me. Yeah. All my characters of Gravitas either, either end up like girly elvish voice or deep, not girly elvish voice, <laughs> which is still a little... Yeah. Those are like my two voices. Unless I, I do like, yeah, it. two voices. Unless I'm doing a bad Irish, like version of my Irish accent from Fair or like my really bad Russian, which is <laughs> really popular, but... I like your bad Russian. Yeah. The... It's hard because like now I'm thinking about it, like, am I tropey? And I'm like, I can't be. I know I am and I'm, it's not coming up. I feel like we have tons of player tropes. Oh, yeah. Like, and I recently, I had been talking to someone who's in the chat right now about this. I've been talking to someone who's in the chat right now about this, which is like part of the problem with playing as many TTRPGs, I think, as we do is that we are still playing a game and our brains solve problems in certain ways and find solving problems fun only in certain ways and contexts. So like, 
I have played punchy characters on Happy Jacks and Mm -hmm. I've played games where I've played like the barbarian punch person. (laughs) Cancer, the words are hard. (laughs) (laughs) But I play it a lot, but like I never solve problems that way. I just want to hit things really hard. Mm -hmm. Like I love love a paladin or a cleric because I can be smart and punchy. Yeah. Yes, pugilist, James. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But... I always default to eventually being like, well, how can I clever my way through this? And like, how do I not have to do any combat? Uh, and you do. And I so often, You do. You, so you do often. it. It's amazing. It is your superpower. Just like the sheet says silver tongue. Um, <laughs> but that's the thing is like, I know that as a player, I want to like diversify. Mm-hmm. And as a performer and as a streamer, whatever, I want to diversify. But as a player, my brain only solves problems in this way, which is apparently perpendicular to the problem. <laughs> But, like, it means that, like, I end up playing kind of the same roles, which I'm, like, try. So I know I definitely have, like, character tropes I play, but, like, and I, I'm terrified it's going to translate now to GM tropes. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I don't think tropes are a bad thing. I think there's something that's, I mean, like, another one of my tropes is I ask questions all the time. Oh, my God, yeah. I just all the time. And I think sometimes I use it as a stalling mechanism when I'm not sure what's going to happen. And sometimes I'm actually, like, authentically curious about what that character's thinking in that moment. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's, like, it helps paint a picture so I don't have to do the whole thing. There's It solves many, like, things, especially since making Decima, like, it's just, like, my default, which is a little, I think I lean into it too much sometimes. Mm. But I don't necessarily think that having go-to tools in your toolbox is a bad thing. Yeah. There's a film reviewer who was saying like calling something tropey is like calling a food, like a meal to ingredient eat. Yeah, exactly. Like if it's the same thing you do, if you did every session where you were like, oh, and necromancers are doing a ritual and you have to stop them. Like that's boring. But if yeah. it's like once a campaign, who cares? Like, yeah. And that's it. Like I said, necromancers are just really low hanging fruit, I think. And they're very clearly evil. Yeah. There's not like a lot of like gray area or should we talk to them first? Like maybe they're doing something good. We like, are now seeing an era of redeemed sort of baddies. Well, okay. So we went through like the bad guy redeemed and now I think in media and now we're going back into like unapologetically bad but we kind of stand. Listen. I feel like, no, I know. <laughs> and honestly, I have this theory that it like, because I, my husband and I talk about this stuff all the time because he's like industry nerd and I'm just a nerd. And it follows like the Disney movies. Think about it. Like, okay, it used to be like there was the my childhood, like the early part of your childhood, because <laughs> I'm old Clara. <laughs> it was like unapologetic. Like they were bad. Yeah. Like Scar from The Lion King, bad, bad, just bad. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, um, Ursula, bad. Yes. Like, although I have this whole like fanfic I... backstory about her being Triton's ex and like a bad breakup. It's wild. But... Okay, but first of all, they're siblings. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, she says so. Her brother Triton. Oh, I also broke Claire's brain. Ursula eats other creatures, like mm-hmm. other sea creatures. And Claire hadn't caught that. Really? Yeah. There's like a eat... whole big thing where she like throws yeah. it in yeah, her... yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. No, fish eat other fish. And I think I broke Claire and like she just sat there for a minute and was like, I'm so yeah. sorry. But yeah, no, they're siblings. No, oh, okay. It's in the musical too. I have not seen the musical. Sorry. Fight me about mermaid love. <laughs> I'm not going to, that is not a fight. I will win. There's a lot of fights between us that I would win. That is not one of them. (laughs) Lord of the Rings trivia. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. That's a battle I could win in many, many circles. Except with Kai. (laughs) But then, like, now we've gone into, like, the, okay, there's not necessarily, like, like, there's back and forth. And we had, like, the, the murky gray area for a while. 
And like they tried to like redeem Maleficent. Like they had the Maleficent movie where they like tried to legitimize like. Yeah. Cool costume. Great costume. Crazy. Yeah. So they kind of did that for a while. And they're sort of like sliding back into the other. Or you get the one where there's like not a villain. And Well, there's like. Okay, Thanos is not what I'm talking about. Like I know technically Thanos is Disney. I'm talking about like the cartoon. But Kilgore had a point, right? In Black Panther, that was the conversation a lot mm-hmm. of people had where it was like, Kilgore had a point, mm-hmm. Thanos had a point. Thanos, like, Thanos had a point in the way that, like, every once in a while a broken clock is correct yeah. twice a day. Like, Killmonger, you mean, right? But no, I'm saying Thanos was bad. No, so, no, yeah. But Killmonger had a point and had an interesting, and both villains had this concept of, like, yeah, you, I, congratulations, you identified a problem. You now need to go about solving it in a way that is not genocide. Is it genocide when you snap people out of existence? That is. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. I'm making sure, like it's efficient yeah. genocide, but it is, but it's yeah. definitely bad, evil genocide. Yeah, so that's the thing is like how you're like I don't care if you're right. I mm-hmm. think that you uh, like intent versus impact. Yeah, but yeah, it. I'm I'm interested, like because you mentioned that you were able to like bring in a good moral quandary. I sometimes struggle making things moral <laughs> because it's very easy to be like. And the necromancers are bad. Yeah. Because, like, I literally just finished reading a series or listening to a series that is wonderful. The uh, Locked Tomb Mm -hmm. books. And they're all necromancers. And it's just a way of life. And so it's this idea of, like, oh, I guess I guess I got to, like, be nice to necromancers, kind of. Mm -hmm. But, oh, yeah, like, Magneto was an example of a sympathetic villain. He didn't start out as one. No. We just all figured out that he was like, oh, no, you're actually super right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It, yeah. And I think that's okay too. I think it, it depends on what kind of game you want to tell. Because it also gets exhausting to have everything be like a balanced moral quandary. Like sometimes you just want to beat up a bad guy. Yeah. It's like, I've got magic powers and I want to fireball a jerk. Just punch <laughs> the <tape>. It's fine. <laughs> fine. But, you know, sometimes it's interesting to have that debate and figure out what happens and like what's the right thing to do. And maybe sometimes there's not a right thing. Like, there's yeah. many possibilities and then ha- seeing what the players come up with themselves. And the thing about that, if you do that, you as the GM can't judge that. Absolutely not. And also, like, the actions we do in a game are not reflective of the like the no. actions we would do in real life. Yeah. And, like, said as someone who is in a vampire game where I play a bad guy. Yeah, I also, played a Zedite. It was so yeah. much fun. Ooh. And that's not who I am as a normal person. But that's why it was so much fun. Excellent. <laughs> Oh also, my god, I wrecked shit, man. Yeah, I did This old email, which also has the outsider inky blackness nonsense. I'm like, thank you for putting this in here for me and my La Sombra. <laughs> it's, but yeah, it's like sometimes you, as someone has said in the chat, sometimes you just want to punch a Nazi. Yeah. Sometimes you just want to punch a fascist. And Absolutely. like, sometimes like it's tropey, but it's fine. I think when your players start calling you out on it, yeah. I think that's when you've done it too much. Yes. <laughs> in which case, like this person who wrote in, uh, Ben uh, wrote in and said, like, sometimes you win and it's not the outcome you expect. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool is when you press a button and instead of getting fries, the world explodes, mm-hmm. um, which is a quote from an actual play. <laughs> mm, but French fries. But French fries. So like, God, I'm a jerk. I'm a huge fan of the trope now that I'm thinking about it. Of We did all of this stuff to rescue the MacGuffin. The MacGuffin is like a library card. <laughs> That's so much fun. It's just truly like the the thing that everyone wants is like, I don't know. It's just like a thing I found in the back of my car. Yeah. Mm. Or like everyone's going to rescue a person and that person's angry and doesn't want to be saved. Like, no, I'm having, this is the first, I've been in this tower and I've been able to sleep 
for like two weeks. It's the most sleep I've gotten in ages. Do you know how hard it is to be a princess of a kingdom? Like, yeah. go away. Yeah. Damn it. I had this arrangement. Like, it's a, it's a dragon-based timeshare. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would... I love that stuff. Yeah. I love... I also... Actually, no, I do know my fucking stupid trope. I love bureaucracy and fantasy games. <laughs> I... <laughs> have made so many players get questing. <laughs> oh, man. Because I love it. I have pre-made paperwork because I just love... It's this vibe of, like, in a world in which magic is common, you know that they would legislate the shit out of it. Yeah? Like... Like Eberron? Oh, my God. Actually, now that I'm, I'm going to be very sad and very mm-hmm. controversial, seeing how we handle guns, you could probably get away with getting a wand anywhere. Mm-hmm. depending on what country you're in. (laughs) Yeah, depending on what country you're in. In America, you can go to a convention and just get a wand. Um, Just anywhere. anywhere. Giant wands. Giant wands. With unlimited ammo. With no background check. No background check. Maximum mana. Um, All right. I'm super bitter about this. I have... I feel like we're on the same page, but like... Of course we are. Yeah. No one on this show... I would not let anybody on this show who felt differently about that. Sorry. But yeah, so the vibe of just like... Like, I just know that, you know that there are weird laws about, like, in Eberron about, like, please curb your Warforged. Like, mm-hmm. little shit like that. And I live for it. Because yeah. <laughs> it's world building. Yeah. It's weird world building. And it's dumb. But I will make you do your fantasy taxes. Yeah. I feel so bad. Again, for the my vampire game, <laughs> the All Night Society, I keep threatening Aaron to let me... Wait, 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 where do you watch that? Oh, yeah, you can watch the uh, All Night Society over, or listen to the All Night Society anywhere podcasts are streamed uh, through Queen's Cut Games. Yeah. But I keep threatening to make Aaron, to force Aaron to let me do real estate paperwork. <laughs> That's amazing. Because I fucking love it. Yeah. It's stupid. Won't do my taxes in real life. I do do my taxes in real life, but like, yeah, don't well, want to. I love the thoughts, like when I was, when we were doing our mode of sin like ages ago, when you were like five, sorry. <laughs> like I played like the, the Ventrue, like boss bitch of like this massive company. And like, That was some of the most fascinating things to think about. Like, okay, how would you actually build up a massive corporation like this when you're not going to age in order to like pass it down and to keep it and like keep the power of it in this weird way that like, especially in like modern days where like mega corporation like CEOs and stuff are not like nobodies. Like people know who you are. It's very interesting. Jeff Bezos can't just die and be replaced by his son. Jeff Bezos too, who kind of looks like him. (laughs) We're gonna know. Yeah, he looks exact. I mean, would we? I know. Now I'm scared. I know. <laughs> I don't like this concept now. We've ruined it. Yeah, we've made it now fun. But yeah, I just, that—that that is my trope is I do, uh, yeah. like, I do like making people, like weird legislation. It took some reflection, but I think you may. Yeah, that's your, that's your <laughs> Forcing people. My, yeah, mine is making people make choices that don't have a right answer and yours is paperwork. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's prop based. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Oh, man. Oh, God, it's so stupid. <laughs> world building. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Mailbag number three. Your turn. All right. Hello, all you beautiful people. And Stork, I hear his hair is great. It is. Mm -hmm. I understand you've been asking for emails. So just remember, you brought this on yourselves. True. Why are we here? What? (laughs) Okay. We're going to get into this. Why are we here? Oh, man. Funny story about that later. (laughs) In recent years, I began to question my hyper-focus on TTRPGs. My family's tradition of hoarding, collecting books, instilled in me a keen interest in stories. So it's no wonder that the red box proved to be so enticing. Infinite stories, infinite possibilities. It's almost as awe-inspiring as a blank composition notebook. 
but I digress. Mm. Whoever wrote, like, Mad King Christopher, kindred spirits. (laughs) (laughs) Nowadays, it's no mystery how my ADHD brain got hooked on the funny-shaped dice and all the potential stories trapped within those pages. And I've enjoyed that most popular game for years, not as the supposed pinnacle of gaming, but as the one game everyone knows. But now I'd like to try something else. (gasps) I'm so excited. I've been activated. Keep reading. (laughs) Something else, my group exclaims in horror. That sounds impractical. Try something simple instead, like feeding the world's hungry or bringing world peace. D6s instead of D20s? Those are impossible to understand. Oh, that reminds me, do you have any more D6s? I I need some for my fireball. I am I am 100% a wizard who's like, I did not ask how big the room was. As my disdain for being told how to game increases, I've begun to ask myself, why am I here? Why do I come to hang out with these people? That, of course, is the answer. I come here to hang out with these people. I don't play for the game. I play for the people, the funny stories, the memories. I still intend to play different games, but now I'm much more comfortable with this nonsense. When we finish this campaign and the GM needs a break, I'll be there with a fistful of my own nonsense. Woohoo! Hell yeah. Fistful of nonsense. Fistful of nonsense. That might be my... T-shirt. <laughs> New t-shirt. Yep. How did we get here? My discovery quote, of this hobby uh, came one faithful day when my sister's boyfriend used the red box as a distraction, so I'd stop bothering them. I know it's been asked before, but I'll ask again. How did you get into the hobby, Mad King Christopher? Holy shit, thank you. Yeah, I can see that 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 did not work. Yeah, I'll do this once and you'll like never bother me again. Nope. Every single time that kid's over now, it's like, we were, hey, can we do the thing? Can we do the thing with the box that was red? Can we do that thing again? Yeah. Can I tell you about my character's backstory? I've narrowed it down to 40 pages. Yes. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Not the way to get someone to never bother you again. Absolutely not. Especially (laughs) if they GM'd, because that person is never not GMing for them. Yep. Like, sorry, that is your... Accurate. I actually don't know how you got into gaming, because I think I've told my version of my story here a couple times, Mm -hmm. and it's dumb. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll do it backwards. We'll do how we started, and then, like, why we do it. Okay. Because I like that part, too. So I got started, like, I tried, and I know a lot of people, I think, like, I haven't told the story in a while. Yeah, I don't think like I forever. know this one. So, like, in junior high, I did the thing where, like, I had my three-guy friends, and we tried to, and it didn't work. We gave it, like, a 45-minute go, and you then... You were talking about D&D. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember what, like, we got, like, partway through it, and then we're like, ah, screw this, let's go play video games. Mm-hmm. But what happened is I got super into online MMOs. So, in high school and college, like, like very into M- online MMOs. I started with Ultima Online, and... Yeah, that tells you how old I am right now. And you know, I kept going, played all of them, EverQuest, the World of Warcrafts, like 13 hours a day, like stuff like that. Damn. Like very, like a lot, yeah, like okay. a lot. Yeah. I passed college. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> but I got really into that and it was awesome. And that's how I really got into the role-playing part of it because I role-played in MMOs. So it was like full-on speaking like Quenya, which is one of the Elvish languages in Tolkien that we type at each other, like super fucking nerd shit. Like wild, like hardcore role playing in games. <laughs> yeah, I don't even role play in my MMOs. Yeah, yeah, I didn't do it in World of Warcraft. By okay, then, at least, at least. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. By then, I was playing with like people from Fair, and it was like my real That's life bad. friends, so we were like hanging out. But when I first got into it, it was like role play all the time. You like you could not speak out of character. Like you had, so yeah, cute. if you had to talk out of character, you had to go into ICQ and like chat there. So we had like there was a lot of rules. And that's how I know Quenya. Fun, fun fact. But eventually, Stu, we were all playing. I joined a thing called the Renaissance Fair. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and then we'd sit around talking about role-playing and games and video games and stuff like that. And 
Yeah. And I was sitting there and I, we would talk about it all the time. And we had a recording studio. So she was like, yo, I, this thing called Fourth Edition just got released. So I'm oh, going to have no. a game. So we, and it was actually before we he started. I think it was before he started actually Happy Jacks. Really? Because I wasn't on the first season of Happy Jacks, even though I was in his game he was running at the time. Mm-hmm. And he invited way too many people. And people who he invited invited other people. So it ended up with like 12 people in this 4E game, which was a nightmare. That's a lot. That's so bad. It was so bad. And it's 4E. Uh-huh. Okay. And if you can imagine 12 people, that includes like me and Stork and Tappy and like a whole bunch of just like really big personalities. Yeah. Yeah. Those combats like would take hours. Yeah. And hours. It would be like you'd do your turn and you'd go around because 4E was just like forever. And it would be like an hour before you got around to like the next thing. And Stu was doing his damnedest. Like he did, I don't know how he managed it. But Bless Stu for right? trying. Yeah. So that's when I really like started like getting into like role play with tabletop role play. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing because it was like the same thing I'd been doing for years, but like a little slower because you have to like roll the dice. There wasn't a computer doing all the math for you every yeah. time you did your hits or whatever. But that's when I really, really got into it with like gusto. And then... Started doing a whole bunch of my first, like, long... Like, that was my first, like, really long-form campaign. And then my next one was the L5R campaign. So it's kind of been interesting to, like... Most of my actual tabletop role-playing experience has been for public consumption. That's crazy to me. (laughs) Because, I like, I know a couple people now who that's been the case. But it's, like, it's weird to know that that's a thing. Mm -hmm. And, like, they're just people who, like, I've just always sort of played as a... But like, and you do home game, but you do, you still do home games and stuff, right? Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I've done, I, I do a lot now. Yeah. I do a lot mm-hmm. less now just because I have a kid, but yeah, I've done tons of home games and stuff. So yeah. not everything has been, and I GM'd a lot home campaigns and also at cons, like yeah. conning is what, like con games are where I really like cut my teeth as a GM. Well, no, it's, that's I only ask because like, I do find that there's a huge difference between the way I play at a table in front of a camera mm-hmm. versus what I play privately. And the answer is, I don't look up from my iPad at, like when I'm privately because oh, yeah. I am a doodler. <clears throat> but yes. also like I do like staring at a map and rolling dice and just letting dice roll a lot and not doing any RP. Yeah. Like I just sort of sometimes want to have a little war game. Mm-hmm. But no, that's like, that's mostly why I'm curious. But yeah. That's so cool. Like, it's, it's interesting. And it's interesting to go back. Like most of the first seasons aren't available anymore just because they don't really reflect like who we are now. I listened back and I was like, wow, my friends made a lot of misogynistic jokes. And I thought it was hilarious because I was like 22. I love yeah. my friends. But yeah, we all learned better than 13 years ago. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's been, it's interesting to think about like the advice I gave then and the things I said then versus like now after GMing for so long. And because it was, in, I, they brought me in as like the new voice, like the new player who doesn't know a whole lot. And now it's like, I'm running everything. I'm the empress of all. <laughs> the evolution. Yeah. I'm, that's so funny. But like, oh man, I'm like, I'm curious now, now to be like, what advice would I have given? And then like, compared to the advice, I don't feel like I've changed that much as a GM or a player as far as like how I would teach other people. to. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but- you learn stuff. Like the soul and like your philosophy can stay the same, but mm-hmm. like the actual knowledge you have of like what specifically to do and how to handle certain situations, it, it's pretty amazing how how much more nuanced and, like, informed it becomes. Yeah, and I think also just with the... Oh. What's the word? <laughs> yeah. It's also with the, like, the culture of gaming has changed. And, oh, like, yeah. also just the way we talk about things like safety tools. Like, yeah. I don't think, oh, man. You know what? I was not like other girls, and I would have scoffed at safety tools. I know that about myself. Yeah. But no, like, 
I see. I don't think that was unlike other girls. I think it was one of those things where a lot of times in the space, we had to kind of put on that front of, I'm not like other girls to like be accepted. So even if we thought safety tools sounded like a good idea, it was something where we didn't want to be seen as like weaker and needing that Mm -hmm. so that we could be accepted in the space. Yeah. (laughs) I like that you brought up ICQ and like, you just like sent chat into like, oh no. (laughs) Yeah. The the little, uh uh-oh, every time. I told the like, I got into both, I got into uh, TTR, like D&D. I got back into it because like, I was, I thought that a boy who had a group was was cute and I like wanted to impress him. Mm-hmm. But like the secondary story is like, I was in third grade, so like two years ago. And the, that's not true. There are younger people on this show now. So I can't make that joke. Anymore. Yeah, there are. They're yeah. really young. There, there are younger people now. But the, I was in third grade and it was my best friend's birthday and no one knows how I had gotten the phrase D&D in my brain or where I had, accrued the like cultural knowledge but i i had bardic lore D D, <laughs> and like at a sleepover party for like 12 girls in third grade i sat everyone down in the morning but while the parents were like rolling in to pick us up and i had a big sheet of graph paper and i knew that you rolled dice and the person who was the dm could see the map, but no one else could. Uh-huh. So I drew a little, I was weirdly accurate again for a person who had no idea what was, they were doing. <laughs> I drew a little map mm-hmm. on my piece of grid paper. I made the girls roll dice to get count grid step because like a board game to figure out what room they'd go to and stuff. And each room had like a little encounter, but it was more like a text, like, mm-hmm. what do you do text-based adventure? Because I didn't understand anything else about it yeah but like that was like truly my first like me trying to play D in third grade <laughs> don't again no idea where it came from like my friend at the time and her dad like her dad was a nerd and like had played D and stuff my parents not at all yeah and my dad is just like a normal guy and so like like we were all talking he's like where did you learn that like where did this come from Ooh. yeah i couldn't figure that out it's amazing and then, like, because of that, we had our one of the teachers at our school was like, all right, a little like two years later, I think, had figured out like, all right, let's get a little campaign together. So in oh. the summer between fifth grade and sixth grade, like middle uh, elementary school and middle school, I got to do my first D&D campaign oh. and it was 3.5. And I had it was back when druids could have animal companions. <laughs> and honestly, necromancer tower trope immediately. <laughs> Yeah, like it's a good go-to. Yeah, well, and it was great because I had played, and I had ended up, everyone has their like, oh, and I played this character for years. Like, I revisited the character multiple times uh, Mm -hmm. throughout my, like, grade school years. Mm -hmm. And then, like, took a big break and then revisited in 4E, which 4E, trying to impress a boy, was every disaster that you can imagine (laughs) as a uh, thing. Yeah. But, like, I had 4E, like, and then when I got into college, I was taking like all these extra like English classes because I could mm-hmm. like literature classes. And one of them was about like immersing yourself in another world. And uh-huh. I had done everything on the list he had suggested. Like we were supposed to have a semester long thing of like, this is how I like, got into actually GMing. But like, he was like, join the Renaissance Fair, play an MMO, like play a D&D game, like do all the, immerse yourself in another world. And I was like, I don't know how to tell you this, my guy, but I do that already. And I can't. <laughs> give you a fresh perspective on that and he's like 
okay, well, do you want to do the writing prompts and the extra reading instead? I was like, no, (laughs) don't make me do that work. So instead, I ran a game for people who had never played before and I I became a GM for them. That's awesome. Yeah, it was crazy because it it was the first time I'd like really DM'd for people. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time I was like, oh shit, this is hard. And like, it was for people who like, when we sat down to play it for the first time in the library, they were like, so where do we sign, like what software do we need for this? And I was like, Oh, buddy. Oh, friends. Oh, friends. (laughs) And it was great running the game for them because I have all these like little journal entries that I had to write about Mm -hmm. my experience running this game. And like, it was so fun because they didn't know any of the tropes. Right. They walked down a room without checking for traps, (laughs) down a hallway without checking for traps. Like, it was new. I assume this is what we're like raising a child is like, where like they got to discover all the things that I already knew existed and it was awesome. I was the cool, like, twist DM because yeah. the bad guy had been met at the very <laughs> beginning as an old man. Like That's amazing. Crazy. Yeah. It's funny how those characters stay with you, too, because, like, my first character that I made, like, in, like, it was a little bit, we did more than, like, 45 minutes of playing. Like, in junior high, became my character in a bunch of MMOs. And then it was my also my character in, like, that first D&D game of stews that he ran. Aww. And it's just, like, this character her name is Adina who like is like this has a massive life story at this point because I some I like kind of played it like chronologically and I like did the best I could to kind of keep it even though it was all these different platforms but it's interesting like how how characters stay with you like you were talking about how yours did and you like played a character yeah it's fascinating and honestly as a player now I'm like oh no she's like that vibe that like the trope that like character tropes I created in like when I was in third grade, have continued to this day. And I'm like, oh no. Yeah, weird. <laughs> yeah, no, it's bad. But like to the point where like even the way like little Clara solves problems has not changed. I can see fully that. asked a bad guy once like, hey, you good or evil? And he was like, good. And we did not think to question that. <laughs> like, I want to talk to every bad guy and bring them to our side because yeah. I don't want to fight people. But yeah, no, it's, it's weird how people get into this. Game. It's it's so funny because I tell the like I got into this because of a boy because I love the like fake nerd girl narrative. Yeah. Because this this world <laughs> takes too much effort. So hard. Not even like actual play, but like there's so tabletops require so much effort. Yeah, there's a lot of work. It's expensive. There's so much stuff you have to have. Yeah. Like make forming bonds with people and having them show up at a specific location on a fairly or barely regular schedule. Scheduling. No. Yeah. Yeah, it like it's cr- and like I mean, I get the fulfillment of I get to buy shiny math rocks that yeah. hate me and I never <laughs> get to roll them because they hate me. Yeah. But like it takes too much effort to be in, be a TTRPG person, to be the Gygaxian stereotype of the girls are only in it for the cosplay or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh man, like that's a whole nother thing. Like, yes, I spent 400 hours making this outfit from scratch for your specific attention, random dude. Mm-hmm. Plan, that was my plan the whole time. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's why I watched all the YouTube ver- videos and burned the shit out of my hands with Warbla and like, I haven't slept for four days. I, yeah, no, I do it for the validation. Yeah. It's like, no. <laughs> Please perceive me. Yeah. But yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> Table, like, gaming is so stupidly fun and it's too hard. Also, fun fact, my very first Kim D&D character, half elf. Nice. <laughs> there you go. Bring it back around. Bring it back Good around. Job. 
Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I don't know. I love this. I'm glad to see. And it's weird to see how like the world of gaming has changed. Oh, so. yeah. It's changed so much. It's nice. <laughs> it is. I think so. It's it's heading in a better direction. I mean, it still hit bumps, but we've come a long way from like the first convention I attended with Happy Jacks where everyone assumed I was a booth babe. And there's, yeah, I mean, and I was just in like jeans and a t-shirt. Like I was not in cosplay of any type, but most of the other non like cis men, like, like people there, the girls, most of the girls, the women were, were booth babes or dressed as booth babes. Mm. And there were other players, but there weren't very many because this was like 13 years ago. So it was still like a very even more majority space. So it's been a fascinating to watch, especially going to the same conventions. It's almost like a science experiment where you like watch every three months we go to the convention. Like now it's like, it's very, it's much more even, it's much more diverse in all different ways. It's it's fascinating and it's it's so nice. It's so nice. Yeah. Like there's not that anxiety when you're going to step into like the dealer room or into like the big like play halls where there's like a ton of tables. You're like, oh God, okay. You have to like steal yourself like when you used to like walk in your friendly local gaming store that wasn't so friendly usually. Yeah, I will say like, I think the response is still there where like I walk into a comic book store and I'm like, just need to ask a question. Yeah. And which has now become like, I need to ask a question. I'm like not going to apologize for not knowing something yeah. or like, yeah, it's weird. Like I have aggressive anxiety and going to a con and playing like con games and stuff mm-hmm. has always been really hard for me, but also has like kind of changed like the environment, also the cons we go to, like all the strategic con, like cons mm-hmm. have been so lovely. And like, they really are. I, I'm never like scared of like hanging out with people there, mm-hmm. or, like just meeting strangers. They are still strangers, but I get to meet them now. Yes. I also like, <laughs> this is a dumb thing. Please edit this out. But for the live listeners, Foley have almost like hit out at every con I've been to, like strategic con, just because I dress like an idiot. <laughs> like, I've never noticed that about you. I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm super glad. I don't know why I gotta stop. I gotta throw out the tops I wear. To, like, I'm like, this is a cute kid. Top to wear to a con. I'm just gonna wear a t shirt. I'll give you a bunch of happy jack shirts. Yeah, that'll solve the problem. Jack I don't know why. Yeah. It truly has happened like three times. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's a normal thing. That we can <laughs> totally. Yeah, but the, yeah, it's just, it's nice. I like how everything has changed. Like, everything's changed for the better. I did do a like kind of 360, 180, 360, I don't know, mm-hmm. where I started, like I, I like when I was the first time I saw like a feelingsy game, I was like, oh, how cool. You can talk <laughs> about your feelings in this game. Yeah. And then I immediately was like, I never want to talk about my feelings ever again. Yeah. <laughs> don't make me do that. Yeah. The first time I played Fate, I was like, what are we doing? Oh my God. There's pluses and minus. I do not understand this. Mm-mm. And then the first, same thing, first time I played uh, Power by the Apocalypse, I'm like, I'm sorry, what are we doing? Yeah. I'm sorry. Fate had, to, had no, not enough rails for me to understand how to like work with. And now I love it, but like it was that like. Yeah. It's still a little hard for me. Like too much freedom. There's a lot. Yeah, there's just so much. And I just feel like I'm like, is this an improv game? Like, I feel like it's a little close to, a little too close to just an improv game for <laughs> Did me. Did trick me into playing improv? Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. yeah. Thank and you, Mad King Christopher. Yeah. Like, this, is, this is very sweet. It is. This is a good I topic. Hope, I hope that this was enlightening. I don't think, I mean, I don't think, I, I tell the story all the time, so I don't think it's that enlightening. It's entertaining. Yeah. I didn't know it. I learned a new thing today. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah. Don't all right. Great game designer. <laughs> That's amazing. All right. Thank you for joining us for season 31, episode 24, I think, of the Happy Jacks RPG podcast. 
we don't have an indie designer of the month this month, but if you go to happyjacks.org on the about us section, there's designer of the month. You can see all the past designers of the month we've had and you can click and it will take you to their website so you can support all of them. Thank you to our chat mod, James V, who's working very hard tonight. And to our amazing Patreons who keep us ad-free and independent, you can join their amazing ranks at happyjacks.org slash Patreon. Please remember we are a not-for-profit show. Nobody makes money from this, including myself. All the money from the Patreon goes back into the studio, making your experience better, keeping their beer in the fridge, things like that. (laughs) So that's, uh, yeah, we just make everything better. And if you'd like to help the Happy Jacks community grow, please smash that subscribe button or leave a comment or review wherever you are consuming the show because that helps spread the word. It helps mix the algorithm and gets more cool people into our Discord so that you can play games with them and talk to them and declare war on them, depending if you're an Erica slash Eric or a Kurt. The first person who gets like a Team Erica or a Eric or a Team Kurt button to me, I will wear it. <laughs> I don't know what that'll do for you, but I will wear it. Yeah. And I'll wear the other one. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, we can imply we'll fight. Yeah. You'll never see it. And we'll just we switch it like randomly to see who is on your side that week. <laughs> uh, all right. My name is Kimmy. I'm Clara. And we're going to leave you this song. This is Ooh. called The Bird Song. It's by a band called The Merry Wives of Windsor that had me but then replaced me with Clara. And you can find them <laughs> at mwow.net. And don't forget, we only have one more episode in season 31. And then we'll be taking a two-week break. And we'll be back the first week of May. So don't forget about it. And yeah, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.
show is a product of the Happy Jacks RPG Network. The Mary Sue's performed our intro music, and our ending song is played with the express permission of the artist. Visit happyjacks.org for more information and to find all our streams and podcasts. Mm-hmm.